Okay, I'm Nick Bircher, and this is the Nordic Future Makers podcast. Today's Nordic Future Maker is Anna Martin Curry, who's head of digital at Telia in Sweden. Anna is also on the board of the IAB in Sweden, and she does lots of other things too. So, Anna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So, so can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please? Yes. I mean, head of digital, as I think uh, you know as well, can be a lot of things. In my case, it is that I am responsible for uh, strategically and operationally uh, changing and developing and transforming and and creating uh, the best customer experience in our digital customer touch points for the Swedish customers. So I have all of the amazing UX designers, the product owners, the strategic people, online sales, and well, basically everything that is online up to the point when someone starts actually coding something. Then you go visit my colleague Eric in, uh, in IT. So that's sort of the structure that we have. So Responsible for a lot of amazing things and a lot of amazing people. So that would be sort of the short elevator pitch. Cool. So so it's not just media, it's everything. Yes. Interesting. Because that's my first experience of Telia what wasn't media. It was actually the customer service team when I was trying to get our, our broadband and our, our home connected when we moved over. Okay. So you're a Telia customer. That's uh, That's good. Yeah, there was um, <laughs> there was actually an amazing guy at your customer service who was who had some kind of it was like an American radio voice, you know, really deep and and kind of classic American radio voice. And it was amazing. I I had I had lots lots of different calls about different things, but every time he came on, I was like, it's the Tellier guy. <laughs> so um, everything with Telia since then has been framed by that experience. Um, so, so that was an in- interesting thing from my perspective. But um, so how how do you think about the customer journey and and customer experience? So, if you're overseeing all of it, how how do you go about thinking about? Well, in a way, I oversee all of it in the digital channels. But I think a really key thing is to see the customer experiences, you know, every time someone meets Telia in wherever and however. So uh, the channels I and my teams work with are just one part of that uh, experience. So I think that overall what we what we really want to achieve, obviously, is that um, you should obviously think of our customer experience as sort of frictionless and zero thresholds and, and, you know, easy to use and all these things that people talk about. But you also want to have it sort of in that magical landscape of both great and and something different, so you differentiate differentiate yourself from from your competitors in in giving something else or something more in a positive way. Obviously, then it's a very subtle, you know, either you achieve it or not, and it's it's a very subjective also like thing. So it's it's a little bit difficult uh, to always know if you sort of succeeded, but. I think it's those kinds of things that you need to sort of aim for to have something that that's a little bit more than just, you know, your everyday customer experience that in Sweden is the baseline is very, very high. Okay. So is your differentiator the product or is it the brand or is it a combination of all of those kind of things? 
Um, I mean, Talia is a big and well-known brand in Sweden. And, and uh, I mean, we stand for something. I think everyone has an opinion, uh, positive or, or, or something else. Um, but I think that what you really want is that combination of something that you say that you are premium. Uh, you might not be the cheapest one on the market. So what is that premium? Uh, and that is not really up to us to decide if we have succeeded or not. It's up to the customer and we will see it in sort of happy customer, uh, happy Italia, <laughs> uh, if we, if we get it right. So I think that, uh, it, it's in everything. You cannot anymore, if you talk about what is sort of this transformative part and what is the business as usual and what is, I mean, you can't differentiate that way anymore. It, it all needs to happen in parallel and the outcome needs to be sort of excellent, uh, regardless of if it's the old stuff or the new stuff. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I spoke to, in the first series I did, I spoke to a guy called Daniel Kafer. Okay. He was at he was at Facebook in Denmark, but now he's at um, he lives in Doha, mm -hmm. working for Can Oradu Telecom, which is like the Telia of the Middle East. Okay, and he he spoke a lot about removing friction. Mm -hmm. So his job as head of digital or digital director, group director, there was he spends a lot of his time thinking about what he can take away and what he can reduce in terms of friction, rather than things he can add. Yeah. So is that a similar kind of thing to how you're thinking about making things easier and stuff like that? And that's very well put, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, taking away things instead of um, sort of adding on. Um, I think it's a little bit, um, you know, there's always that uh, the temptation when new stuff comes along that, oh, should we do AI and voice and should we do bots and should we do, you know, all of these amazing, amazing things, but you forget that, I mean, there's a core to be fixed and sometimes that core is not made to sort of, you can't land a moon rocket on a, in a swamp because you'll have problems. <laughs> uh, so, so I mean, you need to sort of be able to, to have both of those thoughts uh, ongoing in your head, especially in, in my kind of role, and also be able to sort of uh, a little bit stick to your plan and be like, okay, but this is a fantastic new gizmo or gadget, but... But for us now, maybe this is like priority five um, and, and really sort of be, uh, uh, be good at explaining uh, why uh, sometimes here and now needs to, to be prioritized over, you know, the crazy moonshot, but also try to make room for the moonshot. So it's, you know, it, it all comes back to sort of being a little bit of an octopus, being able to uh, orchestrate things and, in sort of a landscape that, that is constantly moving. So, yeah. So are you using prioritization lists or innovation roadmaps or what sort of frameworks and how do you approach these initiatives and, and planning these things? I think it depends a little bit on uh, what it is that we're trying to do. I mean, prioritization is obviously super important, uh, being a huge company as Talia and and in some cases, sort of, uh, we have products where we are a digital sort of player. There's a lot of, you know, assets, but the assets uh, might not necessarily be, you know, cutting edge or in some cases what, what our customers expect from us. And in some other parts, we are like in a disruptor level coming up with new, um, I mean, the crowd insights that Natalia has worked with during now, uh, Corona to sort of be able to see where, where crowds are gathering and how people are traveling, et cetera. That's more of a disruptor or a transformer sort of cases. And 
I think you need to also be a little bit flexible here. There's no like one right. You need to just have a system that works for you. <laughs> so in some okay. cases, it's a prioritization. In some cases, it's a bigger process. And in some cases, it's just, you know, these things just need to be done because it's, you know, uh, we promised the market a, a certain amount of uh, a profit and, and we promised the customer a certain amount of service. So just fix it, you know. And is there a big vision that things ladder up to? And is that something you, you spend time trying to show people and talk to people about and get get people on board for? Yeah, I mean, of course, I mean, there's the telia vision, but I think that when I started almost three years ago, I think that what I came in with and what we sort of talked about with the team was that, okay, online at that time, needed some shaping up and and we did some merging of departments and we did a lot of you know organizationally structuring things to to make it more sort of coherent and efficient uh, and one of the things was that okay but let's now become the best channel in telia so not saying it's it's us or them but let's us here in the online sphere strive to become the best the best channel in telia and and then take that to becoming the best online experience or the best, you know, whatever in our sphere within telco. And then let's take that a notch up when we sort of achieve those things and, and becoming sort of the best regardless. And and that would just mean, I mean, obviously for, I think, every digital uh, sphere working person, it's you would want to be that example that people talk about for the best onboarding or for the most frictionless whatever um i would prefer it to be telia mentioned next time someone talks about you know zero friction zero thresholds super fantastic experience i would like it to be telia instead of you know the usual apple or netflix or whatever you have and i think that's sort of the vision that i'm trying to sort of install in in the team and the people I work, uh, I work with. And, and that's the feeling I want them to have when we do things. So number one in Telia, number one in Telco, and then go to number one regardless. So you've set kind of different, different milestones to aim for the big, big things to aim for, but you've kind of adapted them as you've gone along. So, okay. And I think that that point you just said is, is interesting because you're not talking about comparing yourself to, Tele2 or to Telenor or other other people you're talking about having your experience compared to the, the best experiences out there? Yes, yes of course. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, we work in uh, a very highly developed sort of uh, marketplace where customers are expecting a lot. And uh, I think that maybe this is also because I'm not a uh, you know, born and raised in, in telco. I, I, I come from a, a different background, um, which I think was in part why I, I got the job in the first place to, to bring something else and, and then different kind of thinking into, into what we can do within this industry, in this sphere. Um, so, um, maybe that's why I don't, I mean, they do a lot of good things and it's always obviously you need to know what your competitors are doing because you need to know the landscape you're working in but but i don't think um in many cases you can find a really good sort of onboarding or great customer service in in a lot of other places like when you buy toys or uh, um i don't know 
uh, you go to a sports store and, and they do something fantastic in, in their sort of customer communication, then that's worthy of copying. So the bar isn't being set in a category now, it's being set across everything. Yes. Yeah. Everything definitely. and everywhere. Yes. Do you think people have unfair expectations here? Because I I saw in, in a number of countries where there was this whole Netflix had to be downgraded so that people could work from home and do video calls. <laughs> Me, meanwhile, in Sweden, you had this whole um, one gigabyte 5G rollout and, and things like that happening. So do you think people here have unfair expectations or do you think it's it's actually a good thing that's challenging people and leading the world with it? I think for me having the job I have, it's, I think it's great that people have high expectations because I mean, again, you want to have happy customers, you need to sort of prioritize doing things right in these channels and touch points that I work with. So, so for me, it's fantastic. And I mean, obviously, uh, being in the situation we're in, it's, it's put even more focus on where we are good and where we're not. So, um, I think people should continue having high expectations and sort of push for getting the best. So that will help me in my, my sort of work and <laughs> pushing for <Okay>. my agenda. <laughs> and, and I guess you then have to translate that to, to something that other people in your organization can buy into and things like that. Um, yes, I would definitely say so. Um, actually, we have it in my entire management team, as well as uh, myself, having our goals for this year, a chapter around sort of, sort of um, we call it digital evangelism. Uh, and that is sort of uh, depending a little bit on what the main role of the person is. If we talk about Nina for online sales or we talk about uh, Niklas, who's uh, the head of our in-house uh, content studio, they have different angles of that digital evangelism or just the evangelism of, of being good at sort of explaining to and um, you know taking people along for for whatever needs to happen and sometimes you know saying no to people and um, and just driving something that isn't necessarily super popular so we are in the forefront of what needs to happen so it it, it falls on our shoulders to be those sort of advocates for for things that aren't necessarily always you know, super easy to explain in a business case. Uh, you sometimes need to sort of... So today I'm here to talk about a leap of faith and please give me some money for that. Uh, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you need to just sort of be good at um, at least helping people envision what it will be when, when it's done. <laughs> um, okay. So is that lots of drawing and post-it notes and PowerPoints or or other different things that you do to, to push that through? That's also something that I've... I mean, learned over the years that it's so different what makes people, you know, have that aha moment of understanding why something is a great idea. Uh, I think in the beginning of my career, I was more like, you know, I was so excited that I just thought that my excitement would sort of, you know, rub off on everyone and then we could just, you know, get going. So sometimes it's a, it's a business case, sometimes it's workshops, and sometimes it's sort of calling some other digital um person uh, that you know and just coming uh, having them come in and inspire or i mean there are different techniques uh to to getting those uh, a little bit more moonshotty things done and and the evangelism bit you just spoke about is that what leads you kind of into your role at the iab 
So the Internet Advertising Bureau of Sweden, you're you're on the board yes. of that. Um, so what's your role there? Yeah, I think, well, um, we are one of these sort of telia that I sort of represent there uh, is one of the ad purchasing sort of side of the sort of EAB structure. We have uh, all of the big publishers and then we have... Um, uh, myself from Telia, we have Sunsam, we have Volkswagen, and it's an interesting mix, uh, both because IAB is an international organization where they're sort of in the heat uh, in Brussels discussing all of these new, you know, legislation uh, items that are coming up and are really sort of important that the right people help legislators to understand what the actual, you know, effect of of certain things can be. Uh, so that's very interesting to sort of get that insight, but also the insight into the world of these big publishers and, and how they work and their thinking around sort of the landscape and the marketplace. So, uh, and then sort of coming with with what we need and what we see going forward. So it's a, it's an interesting mix. I wouldn't say I necessarily have like a, a certain you know set role uh, it's a good mix of uh, of members of that board that i think is good to be driving these uh, agenda points you know in a smart way so it it's being an influencer in the forum to some extent but it's also being a listener and kind of learning and understanding on the other level yeah definitely that was very very well summarized okay thank you um <laughs> So, so the other side of that, I guess, is you've always had this history of helping startups and working with kind of people who are starting out and innovators and, and things like that. So are you still doing things in that in that kind of space on, on a personal level or from a Telia level or how are you interacting with that community? Um, that's a good question. Right now, I think a little bit less than I would like to. Uh, I think that from my sort of Anna perspective, the benefits of getting to, you know, discuss and and, and listen to all of these startups with uh, a half an idea or like a really great idea or like half a product was the energy that the people who sort of go into that life of an entrepreneur have was just amazing to be around uh, and a really interesting sort of way to get energy into my, you know, everyday sometimes struggles <laughs> that, I mean, believe in the impossible and the impossible might actually happen. Uh, and obviously then you need to be able to work hard and have some smart people around you. But no, I would, I would definitely like to do more, more of that going forward. You, you were doing that sort of thing, advisory board member and, and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Uh, I was actually through um, Stockholm School of Entrepreneurship. They hooked a really interesting crowd of sort of uh, professionals within, uh, you know, different kinds of spheres, you know, entrepreneurs or, or new startups to meet. So I, I got to work with uh, a really cool uh, bunch of people who founded Deedster. Uh, I don't know if you've tried it. If not, uh, then then do it. Uh, it's very well sort of... Uh, Deepster, was that? De- Deedster. So Deeds. Deedster. Yes. So okay. you do good deeds to uh, to sort of save yourself and the planet um, at the same time. So, um, but this was a really you know highly skilled group of people with uh, with a great idea, well placed in time, and 
very scalable. So it was really cool to be able to sort of help them along a little bit. I'm not going to, you know, take any credit for their success. But we also got uh, Digito to be uh, launched in Telia internally. So uh, I got to see it like really what what the impact actually can be. So it was really, really cool from like an idea to something that I, I've seen in action. So. Okay, so you you had this thing of there was the accelerator program. You were involved with the Stockholm School of Entrepreneurship, and the key thing or the key one you were involved in was Deedster yes. and getting that rolled out. Yes, Intelia's kind of you've seen that happen. Yeah, that, um, that's cool. So um, so you've kind of got this this balance of the big corporation where the bank before and then Telia after that, but also you've you've done some things on on a smaller scale with startups and trying to encourage entrepreneurs yeah in, in the extent i've been able to uh to give something uh back there and then uh, i i hope i have <laughs> <laughs> okay so the question i ask everybody so what are you curious about now well um i think there's so much that I'm curious about that sometimes I wish I had, I don't know, more time. <laughs> I guess I'm not very unique when it comes to that, but I've read a book called uh, Humanity versus Technology from, uh, by uh, a man called Gad Leonard that I recommend everyone to read. It's about this, I mean, the interesting concept of sort of what are the human traits that will be bankable forever and ever going forward? And what are the things that, let's just leave it to the machines, if it's an AI or a bot or whatever. And really how like these core human skills are, what will be the differentiator, at least if, if he predicts this correctly. And sort of how much the world sort of has um, relied on a little bit more like a linear sort of thinking from like we have the past and then the future will be sort of a contingency of what has happened before. And, and now it's really not like that at all. And I think what we're seeing now is a good example because we're making a lot of decisions now based on, well, maybe sometimes not enough information and what, what happens when we do that and how does the globalization and, and the structure that we have today, how does that sort of, what happens when we start closing down and we start altering accessibility and, and going to other kind of communication, which is not people to people or human beings to human beings. And what do we end up sort of missing? It's not the productivity, it's, it's the people. I'm very curious about um, the future of humanity uh, and a little bit more, you know, hands-on, not, not so philosophical as it may sound, but yeah, how will, how will we evolve uh, and how will sort of the machinery evolve with us? So there's so much super interesting stuff. And then obviously, I mean, being in telco, uh, I have to mention 5G. It will be extremely interesting to see what innovations comes from that when it's really, you know, scaled up and with the immense speed, uh, especially on the B2B side. I mean, the influence that it will have on products and services, I think it will be, uh, and cities, I think it will be very, very fundamental in a way that we haven't really seen before in uh, in the previous cheese. Well, I think um, I've enjoyed our chat. The, the phrase I will remember is um, you can't land a moon rocket in a swamp. <laughs> I think, uh, I think that's a great title for, um, for our conversation. 
and I think, I mean, uh, uh, maybe a, a chat for another time, but um, I almost know this from experience, uh, uh, not exactly landing a moon rocket, but, you know, trying to place something that is uh, very advanced into something that is very unadvanced. It's, it's not a good idea. Trust me. <laughs> so that, that's your whole thing about doing things in a proper, proper way. Yeah, without um, becoming boring. You, you don't want to be the boring person saying always, you know, but it, it, it shouldn't be perceived as boring, but sometimes it is. Okay. So moonshots have their place, but also, you know, if you don't fix your basics, then the moonshots aren't really going to make that much of a difference. Right. So, so you can shout process a bit, but every now and then you've got to shout moonshot or the, exactly. things like that. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I think that's a great way to finish up. So... As I say, I've enjoyed our conversation. It's been great hearing hearing your thoughts and, and your view on everything. So um, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this as well. So let's hope the people listening will enjoy it as well. Perfect. And for everyone else, I think Anna is another great example of a Nordic future maker, someone who is pushing the boundaries of what can be done in telecom and beyond hope you have enjoyed the podcast i hope you will subscribe to the podcast and i hope you will listen again in the future thank you anna all right thank you Nate.